the biggest game of football in Garland County all year. Lake Hamilton hosts Benton Friday night at Wolf Stadium. Both teams are undefeated in conference play, and both squads look to take sole possession of the 6A West and the number one seed in the 6A playoffs. In another enticing game in the county, an eight-man in-county rivalry will take place for the first time as Cutter Morningstar travels to Mountain Pine to take on the defending eight-man state champions. I'm sports reporter Christian Collins, and I spoke with Cutter Morningstar head coach Matt Kinsinger and Mountain Pine head coach Sam Counts to preview the Eagles versus the Red Devils. You'll also hear the voice of sports editor James Lee, who spoke to Lake Hamilton head coach Tommy Gillerin about his team's giant game against Benton. This is Garland County Locker Room, brought to you by the Sentinel Records Sports Department. I just want to welcome Mountain Pine head coach Sam Counts to the podcast. Coach, let's just look at Cutter. You know, what kind of challenges are they going to present to your team Friday night? Well, they're going to they're going to line up in kind of a tight set like we do also with a running back, quarterback, and a uh, up back. Uh, they'll, they'll, they're going to try to run the ball and throw it a little bit. Their quarterback is huge. They got a big tight end they try to throw to. And they got a uh, a guard number fifty five that's uh, that's a good hand in the offensive line that pulls real good. They're gonna be they're gonna be a, a tough match for us just for the simple reason it's cutter and uh, most of these kids know each other and uh, they've kind of got a little rivalry going between the two small communities and 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 every time we play cutter it's it's a, it's a dog fight every time we're lucky to get out alive. Yeah, and that was actually one of my later questions. You know, with this being an in-county game, you know, does that add a regional rivalry aspect to it? And can you kind of just talk about that a little more? Yeah, it does. Um, two years ago, we uh, we had a decent little team, pretty good team, and uh, they did they did too. But uh, we, we it was they they set a school record in interception for a touchdown, a pick six. You know, it's just things like that that happen. That seems to happen in this rivalry that that. Uh, Something big always happens, and it's a, a one-score game. And uh, and the kids don't get chippy or anything like that, or they hadn't. They just kind of talk a little bit, you know. Just I think it's just kind of a respect thing for each community. Yeah, and I know you touched on it, but Cutter has that good quarterback in Lashawn Jones, who really picks up a lot of yards on the ground. Just kind of, what's the defensive plan to stop him? Well, we got to tackle him low. If we get up, if we go high on him, he'll run right over us. We've got to stay down low. We've got to uh, wrap up, get him to the ground. That's that's the goal is is to get him on the ground. And, and like I said, if we go in there and try to tackle him up around his chest and stay high, he he will uh, make a lot of yards against us again Friday night. Yeah, and I know against Hermitage last week, you gave a lot of different guys a few carries. Just kind of, what's the offensive game plan heading into the game with Cutter? Well, you know, offensively, we, you know, we're we're always going to try to get it to number one and number four. You know, those are those are our guys that can get up and down the field pretty quick. And also, we, uh, John Wilburn, we're going to have him throwing the ball some, trying to get him some some good throws and some open looks that way. You know, we get his get him real comfortable in there. You, you know, him being a tenth grader, you know, every week, you know, we got to make sure he gets more confidence and uh, protecting him up front is the key for us as far as protecting him. And, you know, that's what we got to do. We got to protect him and uh, and block for uh, number one and number four. Yeah, and what'd you see in your team's game against Hermitage that you really liked that you kind of want to carry into Friday? Well, our pass protection was a whole lot better. I, I feel like you know 
I'm not sure that Hermitage give us a, a, a big challenge, you know, as far as rush, rushing the passer, but uh, we did a good job protecting Jonah, and he had plenty of time back there to uh, to check down and, and complete his passes. But you know, we didn't really throw it a lot, but when we did, he we felt good about it. We ran it a lot just for separate reason. We had we were having success. There wasn't any real reason to, to pass against Hermitage. Yeah, and, you know, was there anything you saw last week that you kind of want to improve on or just in general, you know, what have you been working on with your team in practice? Well, we, ever since we played strong, our, our emphasis has been on uh, tackling and uh, driving people back. You know, we've we kind of got in a bad habit of pulling people back and things like that, and we want to drive through their hips and be low. And that also goes with the fact that number five is, is a load to get on the ground. So we've worked on that a lot as far as our tackling and making sure that, that we get people on the ground. You know, just heading into the game, is there any one big thing or one big key that you're really worried about that you really want to make sure your team does? Yeah, I want – we got to make sure that uh, when the tight end releases that we cover him, that he don't slip out on us and we don't cover him. He, uh, he's a big kid that blocks a lot, but he will slip out and uh, – he will get. He'll find a way to get open, and number five will get it to him. And that's 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 our big concern right now. Now, how's the health of your team looking heading into Friday night? We're we're healthy. Uh, Dejon Matlock still favors his ankle a little bit. Uh, Isaiah Miles has got a, a bruise on his hand that's getting better. He got it probably two weeks ago, and those two things are, you know, just nagging in injuries that that they if they get hit just right, it kind of pops back up, but. But as far as really anybody being out or anything, we're, we're in pretty good shape. I just want to welcome Cutter Morningstar head coach Matt Kinsinger back to the podcast. Coach, let's just start off by looking at Mountain Pine, the defending eight-man state champion. You know, what challenges are they going to present to your team Friday night? Well, yeah, I mean, they're, they're a quality team. They've, uh, they've obviously had experienced success pretty quick in, in eight-man. They've got some talent, you know, across the board. They've got size on both sides of the ball, and they've got some really athletic kids. Um, so there's multiple weapons there to defend offensively. And, and so, yeah, they, uh, they're a good team. And so they're going to present some challenges for us. They're physical. Um, they kind of run some similar things to what we do. And so, uh, um, but yeah, I see that as being, you know, being some of our biggest challenges with them. Yeah, and you know, just another aspect of this game, with it being an in-county game, does that kind of add a regional rivalry aspect to it? And just what does that kind of add to the occasion? Yeah, I know, I know when both these teams were in 11-man, being at this cross-town rivalry, you know, and so there's there's always going to be, you know, uh, going to be that level of intensity about the game, which is a good thing. You know, I love rivalries. Um, and so being that, uh, you know, last year, I personally have not experienced a rivalry between Cutter and, and Mountain Pine, but I know in other sports it's always a rivalry. I know basketball games are always intense. I know there's a lot of uh, a lot of fans and, and attendance to the games, and so I mean I, I'm just looking for an, a really electric environment. You know, it's going to be at Mountain Pine. It's a very tough place to win, and and so uh, but it's going to be a good uh, good environment. You know, Mountain Pine's got a, a tradition, uh, history, historical tradition of, of football and success in football and winning there from years past. And so, you know, again, they're a quality program, and Coach does a good job there of, uh, of keeping them ready uh, for the game. But, uh, yeah, I'm excited about uh, getting to play them. You know, when I got hired here, we were an 11-man, eight made the move to eight. So we didn't have a chance to play an 11-man, and then um, we got to flip over this 
you, you know, what did you see against Marvell last week that you really want your team to improve on uh, heading into Friday night? You know, what, what I saw was uh, I saw a lot of awesome things um, in Marvell that I hadn't seen in other games. Um, and so there was a lot of pauses we took from that. Unfortunately, we didn't win the game, you know, but there was a lot of fight. There was a lot of grit. There was a lot of people playing out of position, you know, overcoming injuries. There was a lot of obstacles that we uh, overcame. So I was excited about that. Um, some of the things we're going to work on, I noticed that there was, uh, you know, there were there were times that we weren't hustling like I would like to see. You know, there wasn't max effort um, during special teams plays. There wasn't max effort during defensive plays. There wasn't max effort during some offensive plays. You know, for example, you know, when the ball's on the ground on a kickoff and, and they're onsiding it, I would expect everybody to be flying to the ball, and we weren't. And we ended up losing our first possession because I, I felt like that if we would have hustled to the ball, we would have had a better chance of recovering it because it was on the ground for a minute before anybody gained possession. Um, defensively, you know, there's guys standing around before the whistle blew watching somebody else tackle them, and then they broke the tackle, and a couple of them ended up being touchdowns. So we've got to get um, – We've got to do a better job of that, playing to the whistle. Offensively, you know, um, our running backs running, our quarterbacks running down the field, and, you know, I've got a lot of guys just kind of standing around watching and getting, getting hit by about three or four or five of their, <laughs> the other guys on the team. So, uh, and to sum it all up, we just need to play to the whistle, and there's no excuse not to. Every team's tired. Every team's playing their guys. Every There's just no excuse other than we've got to get uh, – we've got to, you know – reach down deep inside and find a little something extra and be able to uh, play to the whistle every play. Yeah, and you kind of mentioned some of the awesome things. I know your offense put up 52 points. Just what was working for your offense against Marvell that you can look to carry into Friday night? You know, we our game plan going into Marvell, they were fast and quick defensively, and we knew if we tried to run away from them, that wouldn't probably be the best for us if we tried to make a steady diet of that so we just decided we're going to line up and run straight at them and we did and so the execution of the game plan was was very good by the kids and you know up front the guys blocked real well you know we tightened our splits down and we just decided we're just going to we're going to block man on man and we're going to push the pile and that's really one of our best plays was that type of play and then being able to mix in and sprinkle in some of our other plays um was uh, was beneficial for us. So um, that I mean, the, the the true attribute to what occurred on this past Friday night was was our offensive line just decided, hey, we're going to be physical, we're going to push the pile, and you know, Lashawn as a as a quarterback slash running back became a better runner because he he learned to stay in there behind his blockers, even though it may not seem like it's moving, and to wait for that small crease or that opening to occur before he would burst through it. You know, early on he was, he'd stay in behind the guys and then he would bounce out to where he thought there was space, but he, he quickly realized there was unblocked individuals out there. So, you know, he, he grew as a running back. So there's, uh, those are some good things we saw. And, um, but, you know, the guys up front, I just think really did a great job. And LaShawn did a great job of, of falling in there and pushing the pile with them. And then, you know, being able to break some tackles and, uh, and run away from some guys after that, that kind of, you know, that scrum kind of opened up a little bit. So, Yeah, and, you know, I know LaShawn had 38 carries for 269 yards and six touchdowns. Just what what keeps him performing at such a high rate throughout the season? Well, I mean, he's motivated, there's no doubt. You know, he's motivated, he does everything I ask him to do, and he's, you 
know, he's focused. He knows, you know, his intelligence level on the field has impressed me this year. Um, you know, when you can throw somebody in a quarterback, he's had several different running backs at his side. He's had different linemen. He's had different tight ends. I mean, he's had to read, he's had to direct the offense this year. So in addition to his physical ability, he's, he's really accepted the role as leader in the offense and, um, knowledge-wise has, has been able to understand, you know, what we're doing, why we're trying to do it, where guys need to be. And so I think that helps him be a better runner and a better quarterback knowing, you know, knowing all those things. So, you know, that's part of the game, and he's he's definitely improved upon is the mental part of it. But, you know, he just, you know, keeps – he's a player, you know, and so he, he shows up um, every week, and that's what we ask him to do. And he's a competitor, you know, and he has a competitive drive – um, that's, uh, that's, you know, that's what we're looking for as coaches. And it's, you know, it needs to be, um, contagious. I think it is at times. And so, uh, um, you know, again, I'm, I'm trying to figure out who I can put next to him and get some consistency in the backfield. So it's not him all the time, but we, we unfortunately had some injuries occur, you know, um, early on in the game. And, uh, then a few of them happened in the second half that, uh, that really, you know, one time I didn't even have a running back to put in the game. Um, so, uh, so he just, just kept giving it to him. Of course, you know, he was able to handle it. I tried to, tried to give him some rest, but, you know, he was able to handle the load. But, you know, he's just going to be our guy and he's got to accept that role. I think that's a big part of, you know, why he continues to perform is he knows that's, it's his role and, um, he's going to have to do that. So. Yeah, and speaking of other running backs in the backfield, I know both Caleb and Edwin have kind of um, shared some time back there. Are, are either of them healthy going into Friday night, and can you kind of talk about maybe he will get the snaps there? Yeah, yeah, I think I think we're going to be, you know, we're going to sometimes we have to rotate through by committee, but you know, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if if uh, you know we get we get a couple of those guys rolling through there and getting them both reps and getting them an opportunity to carry the ball. Um, you know, and Caleb's kind of, like I said before, Caleb's my, he's like my Swiss Army knife. So, you know, I move him around where I need him, you know, based off of injuries or, you know, kids unable to play for other reasons. And, you know, it, you know, so whatever happens, I can put him wherever I need to put him and he plays good. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets some reps at running back too. Yeah, and, you know, just overall, how's the health of your team looking heading into Friday night's matchup? We're just, we're really no different, you know, than anybody else at this time of the season. Bumps, bruises, bangs, you know, things of, uh, that, uh, that we're all dealing with. You know, we've got a couple guys that had injuries at the end of the game. So we're trying to see, you know, they're, what, I guess if we were looking at an NFL, uh, injury, injury list, we'd be listing a few of them as questionable at the moment, but I think they're going to be ready to play for the game. You know, this is a big game. They know it and they want to be there and be able to play. So, you know, they're getting mental reps, you know, this week, and, and hopefully by Friday they're they're back to 100% and ready to go. I know Mountain Pine has a few offensive weapons of their own. Just kind of what's the defensive game plan heading into Friday night? Yeah, you know, we've got we've to do a good job tackling. You know, every game I watch, those guys break tackles. You know, they're tough runners. And so we've just got to, you know, I know it sounds redundant, but I mean, if you can't, if you, if you can't get the guy on the ground, it doesn't matter what defense you're running or what scheme you have. If you can't get the guy on the ground, it doesn't matter. So, you know, we just continue to emphasize those things. You know, like I said earlier, um, is we got to have all eight hats on the ball. You know, we can't just sit back and watch one guy try to tackle somebody in open space. We need to, we need to be flying to the football. 
you know, everybody's got to be there. So that's an, that's an emphasis this week in practice. Um, you know, we're not going to do anything crazy, you know, crazy, um, outside of our, what we do defensively, you know, but we're going to have to, um, we're going to have to do a better job of tackling in space, recognizing certain situations and, and adjusting to, to some of their movements that they have pre-snap, post-snap. And, um, I think, uh, you know, that's pretty much been our plan. All right. Well, is there anything else you'd like to add about the game on Friday night, coach? Well, I know there's going to be another big game in town, but I invite everybody to come out and watch some eight, man, you know, uh, and come out and see what it's all about. I think you're going to see uh, two good teams and there's going to be a rivalry there. And, and uh, I think we're going to have a good game to, to, to watch. So just come on out and support both schools. Hey, James. Hey, Tommy. How's it going? Good, man. Start off with, you know, you got a, a real big one this week. Um, oh, yeah, no doubt. I mean, it's, it's for the number one seed in the playoffs and, and in a conference title, no matter what happens next week. Right. Because if we win, then we'll have to head-to-head with Benton. Right. And so it's, it's for, it's for uh, home playoffs all the way to the finals. Uh, so, so what do you think about Benton? Obviously, they've you know, been able to make it this far. They've beat two teams that, that were probably your biggest competition this year going into it. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, we, we knew Benton was going to be, of course, you know, Benton getting that kid from Monticello moving in really helped them out on quarterback-wise because I don't think their other kid was as good at quarterback. So I think having that kid move in really helped them offensively because they had those receivers already there. Uh, and I think they had a kid move in from Memphis, too, a running back. That running backs from Memphis uh, moved in. That helped them out, too. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, – they're offensively, they're really good, and, and they do a lot of good things. And we knew that was going to be, even if those kids hadn't moved in, they were going to be good. Uh, and then, of course, you know, Greenwood, same thing, too. But we knew that they uh, are, are skilled, very skilled offensively. And then um, uh, defensively, they're fast. You know, they move around, and, and um, I feel like their defense is, is made to stop Greenwood. Right. And so what we do will cause them some problems because – you know they're not they're not doing the defense they want to do, right? And we put a lot of people in a bind that run different defenses to stop the spread when we come in there because then they have to, you know, add different people that usually don't play, uh, and and take people out, right? So I, I think that puts them in a bind. So what is your game plan going into this one? What what are y'all going to try to do? defensively to stop them um you know defensively you know we, we got some different fronts and different things we're going to do to stop them because we feel like you know um we got to stop the run first of all but you know they they do a good job of throwing the ball um uh, sideways you know they do a lot of uh tunnels and bubbles to the side sideways and let their kids get get open in space but then also they have you know uh one of the receivers is really good downfield and so we've got to just make it hard on them and know that, uh, you know, there's going to be times they, they make catches and do things just, you know, based on the skill levels that they have. Then we just got to play hard through that. Right. And then offensively, we got to run the ball well. And I think that we pose some problems because of the size of our offensive line that with the size of their kids playing defense, it's going to make it hard on them to stop us. Right. I mean, it's going to, you know, they got small guys, you know, 180 pound guy against our 300 pound guy is going to lose a lot. 
you know, every once in a while they're going to slant and, and guess right and do some things. But if they guess wrong, we're going to, you know, it's going to open an even bigger hole for us. Right. And so, you know, we got to run the ball well, but I think we got to throw it uh, like we did last week. You know, we had 111 yards throwing, and he was five or seven. And one of those passes was uh, we killed the clock because we were going down to score right before half. In fact, we drove down the field in a minute 30 and scored uh, right before half. Yeah. Um, so what about Kenny? Is he back this week? Yes, he's been practicing this week, and so so is uh, Jamarion. Uh, okay, good. So both guys are back. So we're actually to full full strength this week. Yeah. Well, I, I knew that you kind of kept Kenny out. You know, he probably could have played last week, but you wanted to make sure yeah. he was good and ready for this week. Correct. So um, what kind of offense does Benton actually run? So they're kind of similar to what Greenwood does. They're a spread offense, and they want to run. You know, they want to run between the tackles, but they'll run some stuff outside too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then they want to throw a lot of tunnels and bubbles uh, to sideways to let their skilled kids get the ball and make plays with their feet because they got some kids that are really fast. Right. And then they'll throw it downfield some with the, the kids that they have too. You know, they have some uh, number two. I don't know his name, but he's he's a you know six two six three kid that can really get up and jump and make plays. Uh, and so uh, you you definitely have to defend that guy too. Yeah. I mean, he just puts you in a bind. Sure. Um, what, what do you think is going to be their biggest uh, problem, they're, they're, the thing that they're going to struggle with the most against y'all? Because I know that you've got plenty of offensive weapons to for, for them to focus on. Yeah, I mean, I mean we're going to cause some problems just from the sheer fact that, that you know, the, the size of our kids is going to give them problems. And then, you know, because they're going to be, you know, when you put fast kids out there, similar to what Parkview did, it takes away their athleticism. Because what we do when we run downhill, they can't just run upfield. They have to actually play, um, you know, gap gap sound defense. And if they don't, then it creates lanes for us to run. Right. Okay. Um, let, let's talk a little bit about last week. Um, you know, it was a, a long drive, a second long drive in a while, uh, or in in in, in two weeks. Um, you know, and, and y'all still came out with a big win. I know that, you know, anytime you've got a three, four hour bus drive, it, it, it's tough on you. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. And I mean, you know, that you know, we've had a bunch of those this year, <laughs> you know, in fact, if four of our, uh, you know, four of our, the teams in our conference are the farthest from us is who we're playing this year. Right. And so we've had a lot of long drives this year and it's been, uh, crazy. Hopefully we can get that fixed. You know, we're going to have a new new conference next year. Uh, but uh, it has been hard, uh, especially when you have to go to Salem Springs and Mountain Home in the same year. That's that's a lot of driving, and it wears you out. And then, you know, I didn't realize, you know, Van Buren was a little longer. I thought it was two and a half hours, but it actually took us two hours and about 45, 50 minutes to get there, almost three hours. Right. And so on a bus, it's just a little longer. And so uh, it is hard on our kids. They get tired. They get wore out. Uh, but, you know, we start off. Uh, you know, in fact, we were up 21 nothing on these guys, and then uh, they they scored, and then they onside kicked and got it, and they scored. And so their onside kicks actually affected us last week. You know, we, and I think coach has fixed some things on that, uh, where we got more people up front uh, to to make sure people don't uh, want to kick it. And then we've actually worked on just recovering onside kicks during practice this week. Yeah. Um, is that something that you're concerned that Benton might try? I think they will. I mean, I think they want to steal possessions. If they feel like they can't stop us, then they're going to want to steal possessions. 
Yeah. And so how do you steal possessions and other and onside kick it and, and get get another possession out of the game? You know, and that's what Greenwood did last year and in a regular season. Right. Sounds good. Thanks, man. I appreciate, appreciate you. Thanks for tuning into our podcast, previewing one of the biggest games of the entire season and an enticing regional rivalry. You can find accompanying preview stories of these games on our website and app. Our next episode will be released Sunday, October 31st, as James and I will run through a scoreboard show recapping the week's action. If you like our content, please consider subscribing to this podcast to have it delivered to your device as soon as it becomes available. You can find Garland County Locker Room through all your favorite podcast providers. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions for new episodes, please send us an email at sports at hotsr.com.